Hey, what's up, you guys? Whether it's your first time with us or you've been with us for a while, this is episode eight here at the Players Club, a podcast by the players for the people. And I'm your host, Darian Richard. Welcome to week eight of the Players Club. Uh, this week we'll be joined by my teammate, uh, good friend, brother, everything, all the above, Xavier Thomas, uh, defensive end here at Clemson. And off the bat, he's got one of the best stories that I know in college football, has an incredible story, one of redemption, overcoming, and everything in between. And the best part about it is still far from over. And I'm really excited to see how it's going to finish out his college career. And also, you guys will see this. He's got one of the, he, he actually might've showed me up on the show for the first time with maybe a clearer camera and a better backdrop than I have. And so it is what it is, you know, best is the standard here at Clemson. So maybe he's, he's trying to show me up, but look, you're in for a treat later with Xavier Thomas. And like always, we'll get to some of you guys' questions. Uh, it's one of my favorite parts of the show is you guys send in questions. I'm able to answer him on the show. So you guys can get to know me. I can get to know you, you know, little exchange. And then last week we went to Syracuse, uh, played a big game up there in the carrier dome. And it came down to the wire. That's like our that that's our fourth game that have come down to one possessions or like the last possession. And uh, we got a joke. We call ourselves the cardiac kids in the building because man, I'm talking about y'all have no idea. I mean, obviously you guys are fans. You guys get stressed out, but I mean, as a player, like, and you're just watching the game, especially when the defense is on the field, and you know the offense doesn't have any control of what's about to happen. You're just like, oh my gosh please you're praying you're praying everything in your mind like we cannot lose this game uh and but we, we prevailed we came out on top uh ready to keep it going this week we got a big game going to pittsburgh playing the steeler stadium which is going to be pretty cool uh playing uh pit we, we're facing off a really good team a ranked team um and it's gonna be a big challenge for us if we still have hopes to to try to make it a Charlotte and play for ACC championship and this is a game we have to go win in order for that to be to still be a reality for us and Pitt's a really good team. Uh, like I said, ranked team. Uh, he's got one of the best offenses in the country. The quarterback's up for the Heisman. And so um, we're all looking forward and eager for this challenge. And like you guys have seen this season, and we're really looking forward for the Clemson like team, for us to just put it all together and go have a special performance. And so really excited to go play up in Pittsburgh this weekend. Big time game for us. But I'll get to all of that more with my guests, uh, defensive end, one of the best pro prospects coming out of this year's draft. Having an incredible year but really has a great overcoming story that you guys are here next uh, here at the Players Club, Xavier Thomas. All right, guys, episode eight here, one of my teammates, my brother, uh, a dude that's been having an incredible season and honestly has an incredible story for anybody who loves college football. He's got one of the best stories in college football coming back for his senior year. My boy, my brother, Xavier Thomas. What's up, bro? What's up, bro? Glad to have you, my guy. Glad to have you on the pod, man. Um, all right, we're going to get straight into it. Lots to get into Xavier Thomas. Uh, known him for a while. Really good friend of mine. And like I said, got one of the best stories that I know of. Uh, we're going to go back, bro. Take you down memory lane. Lots to get into. But all right, so you're from South Carolina. Uh, shout yes, out to Florence. Yes, sir. Shout out to Florence. Uh, but you went to IMG, who mm -hmm. became famous for uh, beating Bishop Sycamore this year. Uh, maybe not. Maybe so. <laughs> but, bro, what is the process like to go to IMG? Like, how does it work? Okay, so first, I mean, you got to be like a top player. Well, you don't have to be a top player, but they start recruiting guys that's like at high schools that like want to just um, put themselves in a better position to get ready for college or if they want to get colleges looked at them because a lot of guys are in the situations in high schools that don't get looked at or don't have that type of exposure. So they try to help guys out with that. And then they, they look for top 
recruits as well. And, um, that's not a good. That's a great player, but it's not as good as a high school. And I had a very situation like that because we was going from coach to coach. It was a mess. Um, I love my high school to death, but we was we was we hired a very, I would say, very inexperienced high school coach. Um, and it was a very bad experience. And I just wanted to put myself in a better situation by going to IMG so I can better prepare myself for college. For sure. Now, and bro, honestly, I am just like a mini college in itself. So yeah. walk me through some more details. So do they, I don't know, do they send you a letter? Do they call you like they, you know, do they recruit you like Clemson does? I got recruited like it was a college. Like my, um, the DL coach there, Coach Logan, um, one of my favorite coaches of my whole career. Um, he was coming to Florence to see me because he had his mom in, um, in Charleston. So he was coming to see me and, um, of course, I talked to some coaches over the phone and things like that. And I was also talking to the current players um, that was at IMG at the time and just through social media and things like that, asking how it was and things like that. But um, the yeah, coach was actually coming to see me. He was talking to my mom, telling me how it was. So it's really, it's strictly, it's a real business over there. Like it's a definitely like a college experience. You you got to go to class. We Over there, you do class in the mornings, just like um, in the early part of the day, just like you do in college here. Um, right. And then you got practice and stuff in the afternoon. You will have lifts. Um, you either have it in the morning or in the afternoon. You you have the option between the two. And it's really just set up like a college. Like you have colleges, coaches coming all the time to watch the practices and things like that. So it's really, it's really a um, professional business over there. Yeah, I mean, you are a highly ranked dude going into it. So obviously more so is for you to just get more exposure. What was your experience like? So walk people through IMG. If people don't know it, all right, so big time football, what is IMG? IMG is basically where, I mean, it's a real brotherhood there. Um, of course, like a lot of talented kids go there, but you got to like, you got a lot of um, exposure. Like I said, all the, all the college coaches coming and then all the, all the different camps you can do there. Um, even Cam Newton had a uh, camp there. And then you see other guys that come there to train for the draft and things like that. And like I said, you know, with the schedule and things like that, it's really set up for you to prepare you for college in regards to, um, you gotta, you gotta be um, responsible because you stay in dorms, you live on campus. Uh, you have to be responsible in regards to being accountable. You got to show up on time to meetings, show up on time to practice, show up on time to class. It's discipline enforced if you don't. So it's really just to really prepare you for college in regards to everything that you have to go through. Yeah. What was your biggest game, like ESPN game when you was IMG? The I would say the first game of the season when we um, played in Arizona. And it, that was the driest environment I've ever played in. But <laughs> I had got I got defensive player of the game that game. And it was the first game of the season. It was ESPN. It was some top school in Arizona we beat, and I, I I put the quarterback out the game, and I also knocked the helmet off the quarterback, the next quarterback that got in. So it was pretty fun, I would say. Sounds like a good time for you, boy. Um, yeah. All right. So who was on the, who was on the other side of the field? Because obviously they had to have some players. Like I don't who who was playing on the other side. Um, they had a few um like top recruits in regards to the, the offense. They had some guys who was committed to different schools. I don't remember their exact names, of course, but. It was, it was a – I know the quarterback was committed to Alabama. I don't know if he still went there or anything like that. I know They right. just had other top recruits and things like that. But we were loaded. Like, my team, we yeah. had we – Yeah, I'm about to say, all right, walk us through your IMG team. <laughs> Who was on the team? Where did they go? Okay, so on our D-line, like, our defense was just strictly loaded. Um, So I played with Teron Vincent. He's at, he's my – all of my guys I'm still close with and we keep in contact. Um, My defensive line, I had Teron Vincent, who's the starting D-tackle for Ohio State now. Um, Nolan Smith, who's the defense end for Georgia now. We play together, um, obviously ends. And then you got Stefan Wynn. Uh, you, you might know Stefan when he was at um, – Bro, of course I know. Anderson you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Hey, hell, T.L., he went to the same high school. Stefan yeah, Wynn. Yeah, so he, he's at Bama now. Um, 
in the secondary, you got um, Buki. He plays at Washington now. Um, I had jo- yeah. Greg Newsom. My corner was my cornerback. He was just a first round pick for the Browns. Um, he was from um, um, I forgot what school he went to, but he was a first round pick. That gives you everything you need to know about that. And then exactly. on my offense, you got um, offensive line. You got Daniel Falele, the six seven kid who's at um, Minnesota. Huge. He'll be a top pick. Um, you got at running back position. You had Trey Sanders. Um, TJ Pleasure. They are, um, Trey Sanders is, is a running back for Bama right now playing, and TJ is a running back at Utah playing. And then you had um, Zach Anastad. He's a quarterback from Minnesota. Um, Brian Hightower, he was a wide receiver. He played for Miami. We was loaded all, all across the board, really. Yeah, and you also had Evan like... Neal. Evan Neal, who's, um, who's going to be a top five pick this year in the draft. He was on offensive line. Yeah, um, so people, you as you can see, uh, you can't make it up. So pretty much everybody on both sides of the ball went D1. Is that yeah. safe to say? Yes, 100%. <laughs> 100%. All right, well, all right. Shout, shout out to IMG, uh, where they breed uh, the best of the best. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, all right. XT, you're with IMG, but you're from South Carolina originally. Like I mm-hmm. said, shout out to Florence. Um, was it always Clemson for you? Oh, no, not at all. Um, okay, so, of course, I, was, I had offers from everybody in the country, but my top schools was going to um, Ohio State. I loved there when I visited there. Um, I loved Bama. I loved, um, I like um, Georgia a lot. And I also like um, Clemson and South Carolina was my two in-state schools. So I had basically, when I left to go to Florida, I basically decided I wanted to come back home and play for my state. So I wanted to either play for South Carolina or Clemson. And I grew up a South Carolina Gamecock fan, which I get yeah. a lot of hate for now. Right. But I, I ended, they was in shambles in regards to like when I was um, in a recruiting process and getting right. a new coach and everything like that. And then just visiting two places. Um, Clemson was just a, more of a natural family environment for me. Um, of course, they were winning. They were playing big-time ball, going to the playoffs, nat- national championships. I mean, stuff like that you just want to come play for. And just talking to different players and things like that, their experiences. And just the the background Clemson had with the defensive line and the DNs that they were putting through in the league and things like that. I just wanted to come be a part of that. Exactly. And so you did. So, bro, you came in hot. Freshman, All-American, had a great freshman year. I got several plays that go through my head. Um, you win a natty. What was uh, your first year like playing at playing at Clemson? My first year was everything you can dream of. I was playing behind, um, playing behind Cleveland and all those Dexter and Christian Wilkins and Austin Bryant on the defensive line. They were all top picks. Um, the Power just Rangers. learning, learn, yep, learning from them guys. Um, and I was the backup, so I had no expectations. I was just going in and just just having fun with it. Um, basically, just following those guys. And whenever AB would get tired of things like that, Clay, I was going in, backing them up, and just doing what I do and just playing ball and playing free, I would say. Bro, what was your favorite play from your freshman year? I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't say that particular play, but that whole drive um, when against Syracuse in my uh, freshman year when I came in towards the end of the game, we know um, Trevor got hurt and then Trace Bryce had to come in and save the day. And then I was in the game in that last drive. With it. They, could, um, they, had a, they could have had a game-winning drive. Um, had a rare veteran quarterback, Eric Dungeon, a big kid. He was about 6'3", yeah. 240. Um, and I came out the edge and hit him, of course, the, right in front of the studio section. Just really anything you can really dream of. And getting, a clean, and getting a clean shot on him. The crowd goes wild. And then really just that whole drive because I really could have had three sacks that um, drive because the next play, I hit him again. And then he um, he, threw, he threw it out of bounds right before his knee hit the ground. And then the next play, I'm right on him. And he... Um, he just dumps it off to the running back last second because he had no choice. So that's really just my my favorite all time, um, just situation in regards to my freshman year. 
for sure. That hit was um was brutal. Yeah, they they gotta pull that up. Uh, they gotta pull that clip up whenever whenever you talk about it. All right, so bro, crazy freshman year. You had a strong second year. Uh, we like we said, we went on to play for another national championship. Yeah. Uh, but bro, th- then twenty twenty happens. COVID yeah. hits. Uh, <laughs> and as everybody knows, is watching this. Everybody was affected in some type of way. Um, mm-hmm. and like everybody, there was no, nobody who left twenty twenty like smooth sailing. Uh, we were all affected in some type of way. But just tell the people. A little bit about your experience in 2020. Yeah, that was one tough year for me. Um, okay, so of course we get um, COVID happened and we all have to go home and things like that. I went home with a good mindset. I was going to train and be ready. And then I got COVID and then I couldn't train um, across when we had to come back and, and with the team and things like that. And then right. I couldn't train for about a, a month or two. And then because I was still having breathing problems and things like that. So I had gained a lot of weight and then and I had about gained about 20. And then I had got strep as soon as I got kind of clear from COVID. And that put me um back um even more. So I had couldn't really um train at all. So I had gained about what 30, 40 pounds. I had got up, I weighed 260 and I got up to about um 295, 300 pounds. And that was um like a like just because that was supposed to be my year. That was supposed to be I had planned for my junior year to be my um my breakout year. I was just gonna go bag, ahead and um bag year. Yep, and go ahead and do what I do and then head off to the league and be three and out and be three and done. And then just going through that just was so disappointing for me because I had gained all the weight and then I, and trying to play through that just was very depressing because I knew that I hold myself to a very high standard and high expectation. And then so doing that just was very depressing. Um, it was a very tough year, a very mentally challenging year. Well, bro, you you battled back um, and now you're here. Um, you, mm-hmm. look like the, you look like the Xavier Thomas everybody expected when you came in. Bro, yeah. how was it battling like all the expectations on you? So just for people, for the record, some people may know, some people may not know. You and Trevor were like, he was one, you were three player mm-hmm. in the country. And obviously everybody had, had these expectations for you to be, you know what I'm saying, three and done. And everybody's yeah. journey is different. Uh, like how was it for you battling the expectations? Because obviously now you're like, you know I mean, you, you being who everybody thought you would be. But at, at the time there was like a little, you know what I'm saying, part where you yeah. like, you, you weren't yourself. So how'd you, yeah. how'd you battle those expectations? It was hard, man, because like I said, the, even the expe- expectation I had for myself, and then I was reading, it was a lot of people saying a lot of negative things about me. I was listening to all of that. It was, I don't think there was one thing I did not hear that I didn't let affect me um, because I was even telling myself the same things. And people that didn't even know me was just talking bad about me in regards to um, being a disappointment, being a being a buzz, being, being, you know, just those natural things. And I was just letting it all affect me. And I was um, letting it get to my mental. And I was so disappointed in myself. Like, I, it really got bad to a point to where, like, I was telling Dabo I can't even do it anymore last year. Like, I was about to quit and give up on ball, give up on myself, and just leave it all alone and really just stop playing. But it was just just prayer and just counting on my teammates. And my coach was reminding me who I am and just who I can be and who I was because I really lost, lost sight of all of that. Um, just remembering who I am and, and the player I can be and the player I was. And I really just... <clears throat> Better through all that, just kind of leaned on them, leaned on all my teammates and all my coaches, and they really helped me a lot. Um, just coming back um, in January and then having to sit down with Coach, and he telling me this is what I want to do. I have to do it. Like, I can't be halfway in. I can't be halfway out like I was that whole 2020 year because I was so down on myself and in a really deep depression. And that's why I, I really learned that in 2020, like, uh, mental depression is really real. I didn't know how really real it was until I really experienced it. Like, you can really get down to some deep, dark places where you – you don't even like some bad places, man. And 
compared to where I want to be in my expectations for myself, it was really bad. And I know. So I came back. I came back my January year um, for my senior year. Decided I was going to come back and talk to Davo. He said, like I said, he said, I couldn't be halfway in. Got to be all in with it if I'm going to actually do it. And I made that a commitment to myself um, that I really wanted to be the player I wanted to be. And I came back and I, um, every workout, every mandatory team workout, I will always get in and um, do extra every, at the, um, every day and come in and do two a days every single day during the spring and during the summer. And I'm a witness. Yeah, I came in uh, after every mandatory workout doing extra and coming in and do extra cardio um, after every hard morning workout, things like that. And that was just a commitment to myself because I wanted to um, get that weight down. I wanted to be the player that I wanted to be. And even to the, even, even after every practice today, I'm still doing the same thing because I still got goals to reach. So it's really just a, it's, it's really not a, it's not an option for me anymore to like to not put in extra and things like that. It's just a mindset. So I really just had to get myself in the right mindset to be the player I wanted to be. So, yeah, and as kinda... of today, as of today, I'm weighing 256, and and that's um, like I said, I was weighing 295, 300 pounds, and that's Come like on. a 40 pound, 40 pound loss right there. My goal weight is 255, but it was 265, but I wanted to get to a solid 255 um, once I got there, because that's what that's what the, um, the weight I want to play at when I get to the league, really. Yeah, bro, but you said you said it all. I mean, that was kind of what I was going to even ask you about, and you can kind of give people a little bit more, but just for context is bro even even through all of that like you're as talented a player to where that but you still could have slid and really could have had a decent combine and went probably top four rounds you know what i'm saying that's kind of yeah. what you projected as which yeah. is which is which is still crazy in itself yeah but you decide I, you decide yeah. to come you decide to come back so what mm -hmm. you, you talked about coach, coach sweeney's conversation but what else is going through your mind when you decide to come back for your senior year mostly like you said um i had talked to the guys about um I talked to different scouts and talked to Coach um, Swinney about the um, if I had went to the draft, I could have could have went to third, fourth round. But that's that's to me that's like I'm selling myself short at that point because um, I know the type of player I am and I know the type of player I could be, and a lot of people didn't know that. So I know if I would have sell myself short like that, I would regret it later on. Um, and coming back one year and just committing to my goals and just doing what I know I can do, and putting myself in the position to be the um, best in the country. I mean. That's really all I wanted to do. I know I didn't want to sell myself short and, and go to the combine itself because I knew the goals that I had, and that's always to go um, go early top pick in the draft and things like that, and I didn't want to sell myself short of that. For sure. And, bro, you like you said, you talked about doing extra um, and just, like, kind of holistically changing your life, but people are now seeing, like, what they, what they always believe. You know what I'm saying, bro? Mm -hmm. A dude moving super – crazy fast at your size coming off the edge making plays leading the defense being a part of like you know what I'm saying a national top ranked defense but what has been your mindset this year mostly just um just being the player I know I am and this is something I always um I always know like I, I tell myself almost like every day like not a lot of people people still don't know everything that I'm capable of only I know that because I know the type of things I can do but it's, it's the time is the time is always coming where I can prove myself every week in regards to different things I can do so I really just take it week to week and just know. I tell myself before every game, show, go show to the world that you're the best in the country. And that's what it's just my mindset. And just to keep doing that and regard and not get frustrated and just take everything slowly and take it day by day. For sure. A couple more questions, bro. I want to talk about, because uh, I mean, a, a big part of your story, Not you didn't come to college thinking this, your journey would pl play out this way, mm -hmm. but it has. And it's turned to like, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you wouldn't change it because it's made you a stronger person, better player, yeah. better man, better father. Um, bro, what would you say to somebody going to, through a tough time? 
like any realm of life, like you, you obviously have yeah. a testimony now. Like, what would you say to somebody? I would really just say, keep your faith in God. And basically, I know you say all the time, keep the faith. And that's really all it really is. And when it comes right. down to it, you got to keep the faith in regards to no matter how bad things get and no matter how low that you feel, like you, it's always better days ahead if you just believe in God and, and just really trust, trust in him that he got you and put the um, work in. And really all it is, man, just keeping the faith and, and believing in him. All right. Uh, as you guys know, um, we're still ACC play this week. We play Pittsburgh at Pitt. Um, we play a ranked opponent and I'm excited, man. Um, just because I, I've been saying every week and y'all think I'm an idiot and, but I'm, I've kept the faith. Look, and faith looks foolish until it, until it happens. But I'm telling y'all, I know what we have in this building and I don't care who leaves or who's hurt, but we have such a special team. And once we put it all together, I'm telling you, like, it's going to be special. And so I ho I'm hoping and praying and believing that this going to be the week, bro. This, this, this got, because this, this got to be the week. I mean, Pitt's a good team, and we got to get rolling so we can accomplish the rest of these goals. What's, what, what's your thoughts about going to the Pitt game? I'm really excited for it, man. I think it's going to be a huge challenge for us. Um, they're a very good good team. And, of course, they have the um, one of the best quarterbacks in the nation, if not the best, um, with the exactly. best quarterback rating in the, in the nation. I love challenges like this, and I love – in regards, they say he's um, one of the going to be in the Heisman race and things like that. I just love a challenge like this, and to be able to, I just to be able to um to go against him and things like that. I'm really excited for it. it. Gets me pumped up. Keep the faith, baby. Um, all right, bro. We go. We're gonna end end on a high note. All right. So, as you can tell by my man's backdrop, it is not a regular backdrop. <laughs> he has a clearest camera as I do. There's a lot going on back there, bro. Tell people about XT the gamer. You know what I'm saying? Just all people. Yeah. XT the gamer. He, he plays football during the day. He, mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? He, he kills on video games at night. Tell people about XC the game. <laughs> I, was, I mean, I've been playing. And video games been a passion of mine since I was a little kid. It's not just something I do for fun. Like, you can ask any of the guys on the team who just play That's for fun. Right. They don't like playing with me because I make, them, I make them look and feel bad because I'm a real competitive. And I take my gaming really serious in regards to when I play. Like, I want to be the um, greatest. And I follow a lot of professional gamers and streamers like that. And I, got, I really got serious with it about two years ago. Um, because I just played the game. I mean, I was competitive with it, but I never knew about the professional field and the streaming and things like that. And that's what I've been following and talking to a lot of big time streamers. Like, um, got a guy named Destroy. He averages like five thousand viewers. A guy like Aiden won professional awards on Call of Duty players and things like that. We're talking to them about how they um started and things like that. And that's just a that's a career of mine that I want to follow after I'm done with football. And this is a um, career I want to pursue because it's something I'm really good at. Like, it's not just something I play casually for fun. It's um I want to be a professional gamer and things like that after I'm done in the league and I and a, and a lot of talks with a lot of different guys. Um, <clears throat> but once I'm done, I can put myself in that position. Once I'm done with ball, for sure. All right, bro. All right, for all the gamers out there, uh, this isn't this is not a joke. This is serious. Tell us your your best game on Warzone. Like your best game you ever played on Warzone. Like you, yeah. think what was your stat? What was your stat line? I would say in in Warzone, it's very hard to get. A lot of people that play Warzone know that it's hard to get a high amount of kills because it's a it's a long game. You can die anytime. It's not just regular multiplayer where you just drop fifty kills or things like that. But I would say my best Warzone game is when I dropped thirty five in the um in the Warzone game and got the dub and things like that. But I'm much more capable of I can I can like the professional players. If I play if I sat here and played every day and played full time, I can drop fifty plus on um, an average that. But I don't play full time. Of course, I got football and things like that and other things I have to handle, so I only get to play that much. I only get to play on a little bit of free time. But if I play full-time like these professional guys, I could easily drop them and do things that they do. 
And anytime I, I don't, look, I, I play 2K and, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. Madden. But anytime you hear somebody drop 35 in anything, that's what, sounds good to me, bro. <laughs> um, so I know yeah. it sounds good to these people to play the games. All right, last couple questions. All right, bro, senior year, this definitely, you come back for fifth year? <laughs> no, sir. <laughs> I'm, jo- I'm joking, bro. I'm playing on uh, it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, this is, this, this is it for Xavier Thomas. Been a, been a great ride, bro. Last two questions. For, for all the Clemson fans out there, bro, what would you miss most about Clemson? First question. I would say what I would miss most, um, I would say I would miss Death Valley the most. I mean, there's nothing that you can enjoy the most in regards to like our fans and our and, and just the, the loudness of that stadium and just the cheers that you get coming down the hill and things like that. And just opening kickoff and hyping the crowd up and things like that. I think those are unforgettable moments because you got the league and stuff like that. But the league doesn't have diehard fans like, you know, it's, it's really just I a swear. business over there. So, like, I think that would be the thing that I miss the most about Clemson is really just Death Valley. And there's a lot of other places in college that don't even have that type of love that our fans show. All right. A little more particular. What would you miss most about the facility? Anything in the facility that you miss the most? Anything in the facility? I think it's it. I mean, on my fun side, I would say the bistro. But then on my 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 business side in regards, because Dabo tells us all the time that NFL facilities don't have it, I would say the castle because we have to pay for that ourselves in the, at the next level. Yeah. Like, we got to get our own um, rehab and treatment and things like that. So I would definitely say probably the castle in regards to the money. But right. <laughs> in regards to eating good, I would definitely say the um, bistro because they feed us so great over there. Yeah. Hey, Bina had been asking me when I was going to get him on the podcast. So shout out to Alex Bina. He runs our <laughs> castle. So yes, the sir. castle is pretty... Pretty much uh, our rehab center, we got like a float tank, mm-hmm. all we got infrared beds, all the Theragun little gun things you can think of. Uh, we get massages, massage chairs. What am I, what, am I missing something? What else we got? We got a oh, cryo. Yeah, cryo. Um, I think that, I think that's it. It's some other little gadgets he got in there, but he's a, but the dude. Yeah. The dude's a genius. Shout out to Alex <laughs> Bina, and once again for the it's the third time on the show. Shout out to Hallie, fourth time on the show. Shout out to Hallie Foreman. Our team chef does a great job. Um, all right. Here's the last one, bro. What do you want to leave Clemson? Like what, when, when people think of Xavier Thomas, what do you want to leave Clemson with? Just my inspiring story, bro. Like anybody that goes through dark times and goes through a bad year or things like that, or even just a bad week, um, just that you can always bounce back from it no matter how hard it gets. Because I don't, based off what I went through, I don't see nobody that can get any lower than I was because I was literally rock bottom about to give up on football. So I would literally just say, no matter how hard you think it is or how bad times are, bad times are, it's really not that bad, bro. And you can really come back from anything as long as you just keep the faith, like I said, and trust in God. That's really what I just want my story to inspire others. Keep the faith, bro. Well, you're my eighth guest. I don't know if that has any significance as a number, but I appreciate you for coming on. Uh, <laughs> once again, bro, another Clemson guy, my brother, Xavier Thomas. Thank you for coming on the Players Club podcast. Obviously, like I always say, by the players, for the people. Uh, sign off, bro. Tell the people something. Or you can just sign off. Say Yes, sir. Whatever. I appreciate appreciate you having me. And like I said earlier, um, to anybody that's going through anything, n- never get too high, never get too low. In regards to things going good and Just keep the faith in regards to anything that you're going through in life. All right, so we're back. Q&A time. One of my favorite parts of the show. Uh, Will you guys send in questions and I answer them? And we're going to get right to it. So first question. is Shaira from Chicago. Shout out to the Windy City. Uh, She says, if you had to play another sport, which one and why? And let me think. No, I'm joking. I don't have to think. This is a no-brainer. I'll play basketball. 100%. Like, I grew up being a hooper. Um, 
I played with some really good guys. Uh, I play AAU ball. This is shameless plug here, because uh, obviously they have won further than I did in basketball, and I'm playing football now. But I play with Dennis Smith Jr., who's who's a starting point guard now, with, with Damian Lillard out. He plays for the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, I play with Bam Adebayo, starting center, all star uh, for the Miami Heat. Uh, play with Seventh Woods, YouTube sensation. Shout out to my boy Sev. I don't know if you're watching the pod, but whatever. Uh, Quay Parker, YouTube sensation. Um, a lot of good guys who play for the Carolina Diamonds. Growing up, I really, I really, really wanted to go play basketball in college, um, but I was six feet too short, and football looked a lot more promising than basketball. But anybody that knows me, especially on the team, y'all know I like to hoop all the time. So whenever we can hoop, I hoop. And on the record, the last Clemson intramural championship belongs to moi. Uh, on that team was me, Trevor Lawrence, Kayvon Wallace, Tavian Feaster, Tremaine Ancrum. Uh, Joseph Ngata, who's a receiver now, um, Isaac Morehouse, who played here at tight end, and I think that's it. I think that's it. I don't want to forget anybody. But we had a we had a really good team, and just the funny part about that that year because we haven't played intramural, we didn't play it the year before because of COVID, and it doesn't come up till the spring. But we were, we were supposed to play T Higgins, Justin Ross, DeAndre Overton, Cornell Powell. Um, who else? They had a Chase Bryce was on that team. They had, a, they had a loaded team. They actually beat us in the regular season. But they actually lost to the team we played in the championship. So the whole, we had this, I don't think an intramural game has ever been that packed at Fike in Clemson. That's our, that's our recreational center. I'm talking about this thing was packed for an intramural championship game because we were playing. And we almost lost. We pulled together. We won. And we were the 20, uh, 2019 intramural champions. So I'll be a hooper. That's all I got to say for sure. Yeah, great question. It leads me to my next question. My man Will, also from Chicago, says, who's the best hooper on the team? All right. I'm not. I mean, I'm confident. But I'm not going to say any blasphemy on here. I would put myself on the top five now because we have some guys left, which will leave me to my next question. Um, but I'll, I'll put Justin Ross is probably probably the best hooper in team on this, on this year's team. And you got... Other guys, I'm a solid. I'm a solid role player. Like I'm a, you put me in, put me in the game with five people on the court, and we're, I'm a I'm a be, I'm a, I'm a contribute. But as far as just all our Hooper, Justin Ross is the best basketball player on the team. Mikey Dukes was a really good basketball player. It was on the team. Um, that's 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 all that's getting credit for me right now. But a couple years get back, T Higgins is really good. Like I said, and DeAndre Overton and Cornell Powell. But Justin Ross on this year's team is the best Hooper this year. Next question, my man Brian from Powdersville, South Carolina, uh, says, "What are your thoughts on the midseason transfers?" Very timely question. Uh, as of we just had two more players into the portal this week, um, we've had man since the spring we had a lot of guys leave Clemson um, and enter the transfer portal, which is kind of like this n- new phenomenon where you can just up and leave and and kind of roll the dice on yourself and see see what happens with you. But I think as far as like guys leaving Clemson, I mean it's hard because these are these are my teammates, these are my friends, these are guys who we were in the trenches together, like and I got a lot of, a lot of love for. And so I've I have mixed emotions because I'm like, I wish I don't wish any harm on anybody. I wish those guys the best and I wish nothing like yeah, I wish they prosper and have success and it all works out. I will say just like um there are very few people that have left Clemson. This is fact. It's actually some crazy statistic that that uh, actually our SID, who's like our, who knows all the stats about everything, pulled up last year. There's very few people who leave Clemson 
and it works out the way they want it to in a sense of like a lot of guys leave Clemson because their situation at Clemson is not suitable for them to make it to the next level. You know what I'm saying? They, they want either more snaps, more playing time, or just an, a fresh start, uh, a new opportunity. And so a lot of guys leave with the hopes of like, I'm going to leave Clemson and go somewhere else, improve myself and make it to the league. There's this crazy stat that came out last year that was like, there's only been like one transfer player that's actually played in the NFL that's transferred from, from Clemson, which is crazy. I do think there's some guys that are that have left recently that I think have left the right way. When I mean the right way, I think that like they didn't leave in the middle of the season and to each his own with that stuff. But I think there's like, it's always a time for everything. I think there's like a better time to do certain things than to not do them. And so I think a guy like Chase Bryce who's on the podcast. If you haven't listened to that one, go back and watch it. I think he... He, he he had one of the better transfer stories because he he finished he finished out of the season he was a graduate which is a big thing he graduated graduated from Clemson so Clemson's always gonna love him be home but then obviously he went on he wanted he had aspirations to go get more playing time somewhere he's behind Trevor Lawrence I mean bro go ahead and do your thing you got, got a guy like Ches Malusi who was also in the podcast so if you haven't watched that one go check it out but he 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 was in a loaded running back room. And for what he wanted, like he had our experience winning a championship. He's like, all right, I've experienced winning the highest level. Now I want to go, go prove myself and and go get a bunch of ca- a bunch of a uh, bunch of touches and go see see what I can make of my my NFL stock. And so he he decided all right, after the season, after the spring, he gave it a chance. He kind of like addressed what he wanted to address, and it, it just didn't work it work his way out. He was like, all right, I don't. This is not the situation for me. I'm gonna handle my business. I'm gonna leave at a good time to where. The coaches can plan and they can, you know what I'm saying, recruit whoever they want to recruit and they can go into the season with a clear head. Like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to be here. I'm going to go somewhere else. And so he did that. And he's having a great year. And like, man, all the guys from Clemson, we all cheer for him. It's all love. The coaches are supporting them, whatever. I think that the problem comes when it's like, it's just bad timing because there's two, there's two things that kind of happen. It's like, all right. So I think the part that's most frustrating for like players and coaches is that you never know how the season's going to play out. And so a lot of guys, especially like, I mean, there's, there's nothing wrong with, I'm just going to be, I'm, this is the podcast. Look, we're going to be real on here. I've been around guys that have had to fake the funk for a couple months until the season was over and decided to leave. And I feel like that's a lot more commendable than leaving in the middle of the season because like you just, you never know how the season's going to play out. You never know what opportunity is, is going to be there for you. If somebody like football is a game, somebody goes down, people get injured, people get, they can get your targeting charge, whatever you, you might get a chance to actually get the opportunity that you wanted at the, at the place you initially intended to go. And so that's kind of the most frustrating part is just like, I think guys kind of give up in the middle of the process when you really don't know how the season's going to play out. The season's such a long journey and like, just see it through. And then I mean, after, if you want to leave thumbs up, I think that's kind of like the most frustrating part for, for players. And then as far as coaches is like, they would love to see guys see it through the season. And then afterwards, if you decide to part ways, like you give everybody time to, to kind of, to kind of figure it out. You give yourself time to figure it out. Yeah, so in conclusion, um, man, I'm close to a lot of guys that, that have left Clemson or leave Clemson. And as far as like the guys who leave during the season, is man, it's all love. Anybody knows me, like I ain't, there's nothing, if, if, we're, if we're friends, we're friends. So if you leave, it's, like, it's going to be all love. But I think the part is, I don't necessarily agree with it. Like that's kind of where I stand. It's like, I, it's all love, but I don't necessarily agree with the decision's been made. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that's just me, me having an opinion about how I go about my business because I've decided to stay and I've seen guys stay and it work out well for them. And they, even if guys decide to leave after the season, as far as guys leave, leaving during the season, I think it's, man, to each his own. But I personally wouldn't make that decision. Even if I wanted to leave, I would, I would see it through and finish it out. 
but like like I said, I wish the best to all my guys that I've played with that have left and are trying to find a new home and find a new opportunity. All right, you guys. Now this next question is a little tougher to answer in a in a totally different way. And it really might get me into some trouble. And there's no really way to to win here because there's so many opinions about what, what this next question is. But here, here, who's gonna go for it? Here, here it is. My man Austin from Clemson says, "Who are your top five Clemson players of all time?" Like I said, there is no way for me to get this right. But the goal here is for you to understand how I'm thinking and how I see it. So I'm going to cut all time to all time Sweeney era. So that'll, that'll, that'll save me a little bit because I'm don't. i not going to speak of anything I, I don't really know. Uh, or I really haven't seen tape or seen play. So that's going to save me a little room here. But my all time top five with a couple honorable mentions because I got to do that. because I'm, I'm Like I said, I'm torn, guys. I'm torn. My all time top five in the Sweeney era. In no order, it's Trevor Lawrence. All right, yeah, but I said that's a, that's an easy one. Y'all got you look, y'all. Nobody can dispute me on that one. Trevor Lawrence is all time top five, number one pick, the only number one pick to, to come through Clemson, maybe ever. Um, I mean, I think the resume speaks for itself. Went thirty four and two as a starter, uh, led us to a national championship as a freshman, played for another national championship, um, took his three ACC titles. Had an incredible career, was the golden child, and yeah, he'll be on the podcast at some point to state his case. All right, so Trevor Lawrence in the top five. No, like I said, no order. Deshaun Watson. I mean, come on, guys. D Watt. Like, led us to a national championship. Um, was a Heisman contender for two years. Really should have won it his sophomore year, honestly. Not that year Lamar won it, but I think he him and Derrick Henry. I don't know. It's up for debate. I think Deshaun had a really great year sophomore season, but definitely one of the best players to come through Clemson in the Sweeney era. Um, and obviously his NFL, you know what I'm saying, years have definitely proven true. But like I, I got to say this. This is not because there are guys who have had better NFL careers than college careers that you, you may say because of the notoriety they have now should be in the top five. But we're going off Clemson. Like Clemson like journey like their Clemson career who should be in the top five my next one is Sammy Watkins I know some of you guys might think DeAndre Hopkins and Nuke is Nuke is this was tough for me because you got Nuke and Sammy for me as far as receivers go um but Sammy Watkins was just different like oh my gosh I remember his freshman he came in like he's a freshman All-American and was just going crazy like I mean he was just different so Sammy Watkins is in my top five. And then I would say, all right, I got to go defensive guy. Name three offensive guys. There's a, there's a lot of defensive guys to choose from. And this is tough. Maybe this is, I'm biased on this one. Um, he was my roommate and really good friend of mine. But at the same time, I feel like this is a good answer. Christian Wilkins, as far as a defensive guy. And here's my criteria. Because I got a couple other guys that I could throw in there. You got Bimbleware, you got Cleveland Farrell, Daquan Bowers. And the reason I say Christian is because he started, like, he played since he was a freshman. And so I don't know too many guys that played freshman, sophomore, junior, senior year, and contributed in every single year of his college career. And 
and I don't care what the stats say. People may have had better stats, but his his energy and his aura on the Clemson football team was special. Like he he was a presence. He was a force to be to be felt. And you you know what I'm saying he he was just a special special player, and he he really could do it all. And he was a, a joy to watch. So I would put him in my top five Clemson players. And then here here's the one that hurts me the most as a running back. Because I, I cannot choose, guys. Like, all right, so there's four that, I, you know what, I'll live with, and we can we, they can be up for debate. Uh, Trevor, Deshaun, Sammy Watkins, Christian Wilkins. But C.J. Spiller and Travis Etienne. Because they just represent two different – they represent two different parts of the Clemson program. Because you got C.J. Spiller on one hand, who is the, the – like, he's, he's the foundation. Like, if, if there's no C.J. Spiller, there's no Coach Sweeney, there's no playoffs, there's no – Taj boy, there's no Travis Etienne to be honest. CJ Spiller believed in the coach Sweeney's vision and was the first baller. Like, you know what I'm saying? He's a ninth pick in the draft. Um, like he was special. Kick kickoff return, receiving yards. He's now my coach, which is kind of, you know what I'm saying, kind of crazy to see life come full circle. Um, he's my running backs coach. But he 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 was he was the guy. Like, and he had an incredible Clemson career, is now in a college football hall of fame, and broke a bunch of records. And so he's definitely got to be in there. But the reason I'm torn is because we also got this guy named Travis Etienne, who was a who's an all-time ACC lead rusher, touchdown leader, who has like the most touchdowns in a career, like some crazy stat. Like, like he Travis Etienne was special. And maybe because it's like people think the history is so cool because it's so far ago. But like, please don't forget who Travis Etienne was. Especially like, I mean, his sophomore and junior year had 16 yards, 16 yards back to back. It's a lot of yards. Was averaging like eight a clip, like eight yards per carry. And so, and arguably one of, he's the greatest back in ACC history. So, I mean, he's got to be in the Clemson top five. He's the greatest back in ACC history. And so, like I said, I'm torn between him. So, here's the top five. Here we go. No order. My Clemson top five Sweeney era is Trevor Lawrence, Deshaun Watson, Sammy Watkins, Christian Wilkins, and then uh, 1A, 1B is CJ Spiller and Travis. There you have it, folks. I'm I'm, I'm up for the debate. I need, I need to hear some answers. Y'all let me know what you think, uh, where I went wrong, or who you put in there. Sweeney era, though. Sweeney era. So that wraps up episode eight here at the Players Club. I want to thank you guys again for sending in questions. And I like the challenge. So, guys, send in the questions you think are kind of tough or kind of current that maybe somebody doesn't want to answer. I'm going to answer them. We're here for it. Uh, so keep sending them in. That's one of my favorite parts of the show. And then once again, I want to thank my guy, Xavier Thomas, for coming on to the show. Like you guys seen, man, one, one, a great guy, has an incredible story. Uh, he's overcome so much stuff and is having a, a, a special year to finish off his Clemson career. So excited for him. Excited for all to come uh, for us as we play Pittsburgh this week. But guys, here we are again, like always. If you like it, like it. And if you think it's if you think it's been good, follow us. If you aren't already follow us, and if you think it's worthy for some, one of your friends to hear something on here, share it to somebody that will love to hear the content. And here's the challenge: we're almost at 500 subscribers on the way to a thousand, though. So by the next show, let's get us to 500 subscribers. Let's do it, me and you, and whoever else you want to send us to. Let's get us to 500 subscribers on the way to 1K to a thousand. Um, Man, one of my favorite parts of the week, getting to do this podcast. Appreciate y'all for listening. Keep tuning in. 
Uh, this is one of my favorite ones. Maybe the best one yet. We'll see. But bigger and better, like always, on the way. See you next week for episode nine.